While we hope you enjoy this podcast, the content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding medical conditions. Welcome back to Mother's Milk. We're so glad you joined us. If you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. In this week's episode, we will be discussing co-sleeping and room sharing. I'm Artika. And I'm Crystal. We are both mothers who happen to also be cousins who both breastfed our babies. We started this podcast as an outlet for mothers to help them navigate breastfeeding, but also the roller coaster ride motherhood can be. We'll talk about everything from breastfeeding do's and don'ts to all things motherhood. So tune in to hear our experience from the perspective of two new moms trying to navigate motherhood together. Have you ever been in a bind and needed to quickly pull together a look for an unexpected video meeting? During this pandemic, I can't tell you how many times I needed to quickly come out of my bonnet and hop on a video call. And that's where Karen Marie comes in. Karen Marie offers hair enhancement products, including clip-ins, U-part wigs, and headband wigs, and a variety of textures like Body Wave, Kinky Straight, and other great textures. The durable clip-ins, headbands, and U-part wigs are made of 100% human hair that can be easily straightened and colored. It's a great way to change up your look or quickly look pulled together for your next meeting. And exclusively for our subscribers, Karen Marie Hair is offering a 10% discount on all orders. Shop now at KarenMarieHair.com and enter offer code MOTHERSMILK. That's all one word. And be sure to check out at Karen Marie here on Instagram for new product releases, styling tips, and more. All right. So when we decided to do this episode on co-sleeping, we decided that we were going to take it from a standpoint of your baby sleeping in your room, which is what happens and what should happen, um, according to the American Academy of Pediatrics, for at minimum the first six months of your baby's life. So I know for both myself and Crystal, which is funny that we can share this story, mm-hmm. our kids share the same bassinet. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, They both hated it. (laughs) Hated to the core. But it has been a uh, family bassinet in our situation. And both of our babies did definitely sleep in the bassinet until they were too big to sleep in the bassinet. Yeah, that's right. I know there's so many different options for room sharing with your baby, especially those first um, like couple of months and your baby is still small. And if you're breastfeeding or, you know, you just want to keep your kid close to you during those early weeks. Um, there's so many options out there. You have the very expensive snoo bassinet, which I want to snoo for my next baby. I mean, <laughs> go for it. Go for it. I um, I just can't see myself paying over $300 for 
a bassinet that I'm only going to use for six months, if that. But, you know, you do you. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> and especially if you have a big baby, you might not even get that long because that's the right. suit has a, um, a low weight limit on it. Yeah, that's something to consider. So do your research, you know, with the whole room sharing thing. You know, you want to make sure you get a bassinet that is, you know, conducive to your lifestyle. I actually had another bassinet that, you know, my son still hated. He hated all bassinets. <laughs> Just all of them. He didn't care what it was. <laughs> but, you know, I had one that swiveled and it had like a little arm to it that kind of that would drop down so you could easily like keep the kid like literally right against the bed. So that came in handy, you know, those first like four or five weeks um, after giving birth, because you're still kind of healing and all that, and you want the baby close and safe. So that provided a really safe space. It had a little night light. So if I wanted to check on him in between feedings, make sure he's good, I could pop the little night light on and see him. It had a little musical thing to it that you could play music. He hated it. Also- <laughs> hated it so his um it's funny because it also had a little um vibrating effect to it to help the baby go to sleep every time I tried to cut that on he would scream bloody murder so I couldn't really use all of the different features the bassinet had but I will say if you're looking into room sharing definitely get a bassinet um, or some type of sleeping situation that of course is safe that allows you to lay the baby flat on their back. They may turn at some point once they, you know, are developmentally ready, but mm-hmm. um, you know, make sure you get something that's conducive to your lifestyle. Cause there are a lot of different bassinets out there with different features and all that. I will say like my nephew um, who's, just 11 weeks old he has my son's other bassinet that he hated and he loves it like my sister-in-law <laughs> uses the vibrating feature and she said it helps with his gas and he feels really good you know once he's had a chance to lay in it but he's a different baby every baby every you know, baby is different is so different different personality he's very laid back and chill whereas my son no you will know he's there you know immediately he's you know that's definitely true. Like when I looked at the bassinet that you gave us, um, Lily loved it the first month and a half. And I made the mistake of allowing her to take naps on my bed during the day. And that's what changed the tide. She was just like, nope, this thing is too hard. I don't want to lay in it. Don't put me in it. Don't don't let it touch me. I don't want it. But um, in the very beginning, she was perfectly fine in the bassinet. She slept in it, you know, during nights. Like she'd wake up in the middle of the night, get a diaper change, get something to eat, go back to sleep. But then the older she got and the more alert she got, though I don't ever think Lily was ever not alert. (laughs) (laughs) She came out out nosy. (laughs) Yes, she did. Um, The alert she got, the... um, the more she was like, this is not where I want to sleep. And so we had to um, adjust and figure out somewhere else for her to sleep that was not that particular bassinet. Um, I I was about to say, I do want to touch on one more thing with bassinets. 
always make sure that you get one that has like the mesh netting on the side so that it's breathable because I know that Lily was a face against the side wall sleeper. So it was very like, it made me feel better to know that she could breathe through it because of the um, mesh netting. Yeah, that's huge. That's so important. Hopefully they're not making bassinets the old school way where they were all fluffy with, you know, I've seen extra bedding. Yeah, I have too. Um, and yeah, just stay away from those at all costs. But those um, bassinets with the mesh lining, that is, that's very, helpful because my son was the same way he would kind of press up against the side I'm like oh lord this kid (laughs) we gotta (laughs) make sure he's breathing fine but that mesh helps that airflow which is so needed one of the other things um, to consider if you don't want to get a traditional bassinet is to just put the regular crib in your bed in your bedroom rather Mm -hmm. my sister my mom did with me yeah exactly I mean you all you have to do is worry about moving the crib back to the kid's room when it's time. Mm-hmm. But um, that was one of the things my sister-in-law was telling me <laughs> she was going to do before I um, gave her my other bassinet. She's like, oh, we're just going to put the crib in our room. I'm like, oh, that's too much trouble. Just take the bassinet. You know me. So mm-hmm. <laughs> she loves it now. She's so glad she did that. But, you know, an option is just put the crib in the in the room with you. Um, the only thing is cribs can get a little bulky. So depending on the size of your crib and the size of your room, we need to make sure of that. But, you know, you want to make sure your kid is safe while they're sleeping, that there's nothing obstructing their breathing, like we mentioned before. And, you know, something that's conducive to your household and how you kind of operate how your kid is you know sometimes you do have to kind of try different things unfortunately and it can get a little expensive but do your research ask other parents their perspective on it and you know see what would work best for you and your family no absolutely um so as we were doing a little bit of research on this, I remember talking to um, my daughter's pediatrician about room sharing and co-sleeping and things of that nature. And she just kept saying that you should at least keep the baby in the room with you for the first six months. And I know that the AAP, which is the American Academy of Pediatrics, definitely suggests um, six months, but they've even said to extend it to 12 months. I know that that's difficult. Very, very difficult. (laughs) Um, Because it's so hard to get some type of normalcy back to your routine when you can't like watch TV at night because you don't want to wake up the baby and things like that. But definitely... um, well I won't say co-sleeping but room sharing definitely is a healthy practice and it can help um, decrease the risk of SIDS in babies so that's definitely one of the factors to look forward to or look towards when deciding to co-sleep and not just go ahead and putting the baby into their own nursery in the very beginning and I think about it um, just just thinking through this we spend so much time which thankfully I did not we didn't have the room to do it because we were in a um, two-bedroom townhouse when we had Lily in the second bedroom was my office 
But in the very beginning, people spend so much time going and trying to get the baby's room ready and they're not even going to sleep in it in the beginning. That's the thing. You spend all this time like with the colors and decor and all that. It's like this kid isn't even going to use this room until they're about six months old or Mm -hmm. later. So, so yeah. you can you can use that as a driving force to buy yourself a little bit more time right. in getting the baby's room decorated and set up and things like that. So definitely um, that's something to think about. And people say like it has been suggested that your baby even room shares through their first birthday. Of course, I am not a doctor. I don't have any dog in that fight I'm just following the American Academy of Pediatrics and their suggestions but definitely at least six months of having them in the room should be sufficient and especially as a breastfeeding mom that six months is you need it because you don't want to have to get up and walk down the hall multiple times a night for six months straight (laughs) when you could just roll over and pick up a baby out of the bassinet, feed them, get them burped, diaper change, lay back down to go to bed and everybody can go back to sleep. Yeah. You want things as convenient as possible those first few months. So having that bassinet in the room is so much easier. I just remember thinking, man, my son's room was all the way on the other side of the house. I'm going to have to get them, you know, and having that bassinet was just a lifesaver. You know, you just Mm want to be able to be as comfortable as possible and get as much sleep as possible. And I just feel like if you have the baby there close to you, it's just easier on you as you're kind of transitioning into parenthood. And I know absolutely one thing you can try to um, if you're wanting to transition your baby, let's say you've hit or your baby has hit that six to 12 month mark. You want them to get used to sleeping by themselves. One thing I was doing um, while I was on maternity leave is letting my baby sleep in his room in his crib for nap time. So, of course, Mm. babies take multiple naps during the day when they're younger, which they still did now, but (laughs) that's another story. (laughs) But um, you can use that time to kind of train the kid to get used to that space. So when Mm. you do hit that six to 12 month mark, you know, they are not kind of abruptly afraid of being in their room. They're kind of already used to it. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. I know one of the things that we did um, was when my mom came to visit, I would always like Lily would take naps in her crib, but we would also let her sleep, let my mom sleep in the room with Lily, with her crib, because I had a full size bed in there. So that was another way of getting Lily used to sleeping by herself at night as well. So she would take her naps in there and then at night she would sleep in the room. So somebody would still be there and she could see my mom like through the bars of the crib. But it was like it gave her the the experience of saying okay this is what my bed is supposed to feel like this is me sleeping by myself doesn't always work but you know you gotta try something right (laughs) (laughs) now on the toddler side she's just kind of like I want to sleep with you and I don't care what she say so we have to wait for her to fall asleep before we can put her in her own bed because she doesn't care (laughs) which is so annoying because that means that you're kind of waiting for the kid to fall asleep and then that might be a later time in the night and that eats into your time to go to sleep Mm -hmm. so it's just hard I I recommend getting on the same page as a family on just nighttime routine and you know getting the kid on a schedule that's where I kind of you know had a misstep and you know making sure my son had like a really tight 
scheduled, you know, nap time and bedtime routine. Um, kids love order and routine. So mm-hmm. starting that they have a structure and they can follow it and they can do what they need to do at a set time of day every single day. Exactly. It works wonders. It does. But when you are in the middle of a pandemic, sometimes that's hard. So you just have to make what works, you know, best for your family, make it work. Um, so you, as with everything, give yourself grace. Mm-hmm. So let's get into our next segment. Um, Our next segment is called Follow Her, where we'll spotlight a mom or female entrepreneur who who is doing great things both on and offline. This week, our Follow Her spotlight is Dr. Lori Elise Kroon. Lori is an owner of Now Vision Care in Birmingham, Alabama. Lori is also author of the new book, My God Today, 365 devotions for people who might be a little ratchet, but God knows your heart. (laughs) You can catch Lori on Instagram with her funny video clips incorporating secular songs, including our favorite hood anthems into spiritual enrichment. Follow her at Eyes Lore and purchase her book on Amazon. All right, next up we have Milkshake. Please send your listener letters to milkshake at mothersmilktheshow.com and we will read them aloud on the show. Today's letter says, my mother-in-law keeps commenting about how long I have been breastfeeding. My daughter is 11 months and I'm not ready to stop yet, largely because I feel like it's keeping her healthy while going day, go, while going to daycare during a pandemic. How do I not go off on my mother-in-law and keep my peace? Side note, she didn't breastfeed any of her children. <laughs> Sorry, I had to laugh. I mean, that is wrong people to ask. <laughs> we we have been well. I don't want to say we're the wrong people to ask. Like we're the wrong people for your mother in law because we both did extended breastfeeding. That's right. Yeah, I mean, it's really difficult to grasp the concept of breastfeeding, um, especially for a longer period of time with someone who didn't breastfeed at all. Um, You can do as much educating as you can with her about breastfeeding, but that can be a little bit taxing, you know. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, you have to protect your peace. And, you know, I would just give her high level, you know, we're doing what's working for us right now. We're in a global pandemic. Breastfeeding is known to help protect babies against certain illnesses. And this is helping, you know, your grandchild to stay healthy. And we're going to continue to do so until we're both ready to stop. And I would appreciate if you would be supportive in that and leave or, it at that. Or you could just say, girl, I'm not. Right. Thanks for asking. Not going to happen. When she gets ready, because I mean, honestly and truly, I mean, granted, yes, I have seen people who have breastfed a baby up until three. But I'm I'm not planning on going that long, but let, I don't know what Lily's life is. <laughs> she might have other plans for you. My life <laughs> was for her to be done before she turns two. So we are a little 
over six months away from two. But um, I would just honestly and truly just tell her, hey, I'm doing what I think is best. Um, I would provide her a little bit of information regarding facts about breastfeeding. Um, We had a great introductory episode that mentioned some facts about breastfeeding that you can share. One of the biggest proponents that I would share is that nutritional value does not end in breast milk just because a child hits a certain age. Definitely, that's one of the first things that I throw out when people talk about extended um, breastfeeding. But absolutely, like a kid going to daycare during a pandemic definitely needs a little bit additional of a covering and your breast milk is providing it currently. And I would just ask her, what is her alternative? Because when people offer, like when people ask questions and they don't have a suggested alternative, that's my way of saying, well, I'm doing the best for us. So unless you can provide something that is much better than what I just gave you, I don't really want to hear your opinion about it. Yeah. I mean, point blank period on that. (laughs) You know, you, it's your child and you are the parent, you know, it's your job to, you know, look out for that child's best interest, whether that's breastfeeding or not. And if that's your choice, that's your choice. And she just needs to respect that. Yeah. And if after she going to pay for whatever the alternative is, because money usually turns people off from conversations. This is true. (laughs) true. Yep. Get them with the money. All right. Well, hopefully that works out for you guys. Let us know how the conversation goes with your mother-in-law. I would love to hear it. You can also just play her this segment of the podcast and, you know, (laughs) we'll do the dirty work for you. That's true. Well, I would like to thank you guys so much for joining us today. Um, If you haven't already, please take a moment to follow us on Instagram and on Facebook at Mother's Milk The Show or visit our website, mothersmilktheshow.com. We're also streaming wherever you can listen to podcasts. You can find myself on Instagram at Artika, that's A-R-T-I-E-K-A. And Crystal is on Instagram at a boy and his mama. That's A B O Y A N D H I S M O M M A. Thank you guys once again for listening to us this week. We really appreciate it. And until next time, bye. Bye.